This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to bring more happiness into your everyday life. This week, we'll talk about trying the pair and share method that my daughter Eliza told me about, and we'll talk to yoga girl Rachel Brayson about her new memoir, To Love and Let Go. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my sister, the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretchen, I'm wearing my I Am Happy socks today, so I'm the perfect mindset to record the podcast. I'm wearing mine, too. Those are my favorite socks. Wonderful. Oh, good. There we go. Now, before we jump in, remember, coming up in episode 260, our very special episode about relationship advice, we are asking you to send us the best relationship advice that you've ever received. It could be about romantic relationship, family relationships, work relationships. We just want to have a giant collection of great advice (laughs) for managing relationships. And send us your wild game questions. Our latest book club pick is Wild Game by Adrian Brodeur, and we're going to be talking to her on the episode that airs February 5th. So send us your questions um, about Wild Game. Now, before we launch into the this week's Try This at Home, we want to give an update on some listener suggestions about how to do your 20 for 2020 successfully. People had a lot of good ideas about how to make this a really fun and fruitful exercise. Yes. For people who might feel trapped by the 20 items on the list, there were a few interesting solutions. Louisa said, for 2019, I made a list of over 30 things I wanted out of 2019. I knew that in the end, I would just have to choose over the course of the year which 19 to complete. By making a menu instead of a definitive list, I felt more freedom and openness to follow the year where it took me. 
It also allowed me to put more wild and out-of-the-box <laughs> options on the list. That's a good idea. I thought that was great. And kind of along the same lines, Joanna said that one thing that always bothered me about the, you know, XX for 20XX list is the idea of being locked into one list of predetermined priorities for a whole year. So the 20th item on my list is, at some point during the year, take one thing off the list and replace it with something more important to me. This little <laughs> escape clause made this exercise feel less constricting and more realistic and fun. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Some people benefited from reminding themselves that this list is what they want. Yeah. Hell said, I wanted to share my list of things for 2020. I'm turning 35 this year. And as a questioner who tips to rebel, have a list of 35 things I could do with a goal of completing 20, but only if I want to. I know. I love it. Her The, the title of her list is Do What You Want 2020. And her motto, this is a great motto, feel alive at 35. Nice. And here's a version of creating a ta-da list as you go. We've talked a lot about the ta-da list. Olivia writes, I'm getting my 20 for 20 list together, and I'm realizing that a lot of my goals are learning-based, like improving my cooking, becoming more proficient in photo editing software, etc. And I was wondering how I could do all of these without becoming overwhelmed. I thought of the idea to start a binder or journal with different tabs for each skill I want to learn. At the beginning of the year, I will write a brief summary of all the things I already know about the topic, and then as the year goes on, take notes of new knowledge I come across in the same section. Then at the end of the year, I'll write what I know about the topic at that point and compare my beginning of year to end of year summaries. Mm. That's good so that you don't lose track of how much progress you've made in a year. I think it's easy to forget how, how far we've come. That's a great idea. And then Meg has a good idea for all of us. She says, love the podcast and tried out your 19 for 2019, but found I didn't have much success. I think because, as Gretchen always points out, things that can be done at any time are done at no time. So this year, I'm making a 12-item list and assigning a month to each item. If I finish one early, great. But at least now I have a smaller time frame to focus on achieving each goal. Well, I think that's a great idea. I could see for some people that would make it less appealing, but then for many people, it would make it more appealing and more easy to follow through. So I think that's a great Great thing to think about as a tool you could use. If, yes. If, yeah, so that's a great way to kind of customize it to the way to the way you do it. So it's fu- so fun to read about people's 20 for 20 yes. lists. I can't, I can't get enough of them. I know. Um, so listen, our try this at home tip is to try the pair and share method. <laughs> I love this, Gretchen. This came from Eliza and her boyfriend. So Eliza and her boyfriend, Daniel, have come up with this to solve like a, a particular issue that they face, but I think it's something that a lot of people could use and adapt. So they each go running on their own for exercise. Sometimes they run together, but often Eliza and Daniel are running on their own. And they both really love podcasts. And they're always trying to get each other to listen to a podcast. Like, oh, you got to <laughs> check out this podcast. Listen to this podcast. You know, this is an amazing episode. But then the people don't do it. You know, you know how that is. Oh, yeah. It's like a book. Whenever someone says, oh, read this book, then maybe it'll take extra time to read it. Right, exactly. So they were struggling with this. So, okay, and then you know about the strategy of pairing, which is when you pair something that you have to do with something that you want to do. Like like the way I would only allow myself to take a shower on a day when I exercised when I was in Mm. college. That's pairing. Showering and exercising were paired. So the way they adapted this to do parent share is that when they go for runs, they each they each assign the other an episode of a podcast. So if you're going for mm-hmm. your run, you're listening for that podcast, 
And then and the other person does the same thing. So Liza will assign something to Daniel. Daniel will assign something to Liza. And then when they're together, they talk about it. So it's a way to get your running done and a way to kind of force the other person to do what you want them to do. And then you talk about it and have this great exchange. And probably you really like the thing they recommended. I mean, that, that's what's funny is almost always if someone recommends something, I end up liking it. Yes. So I'm like, why did I resist this? Yeah. Perfect example. Sarah has wanted me to read a book called Seven Trees for like probably 18 years. <laughs> um, it's like the saga set in the Midwest. Um and she's like, you're going to love it. I'm telling you, you'll love it. And who knows my taste better than Sarah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. She even bought it for me. It's out of print. She found oh. it on eBay. She bought it for me. Oh. It took like another decade after she gave it to me <laughs> for me to open it. I don't know how I ended up just starting to read it, but I did. And then, of course, after like one paragraph, I'm like, ooh, this is good. And I, you know, read the entire thing in two days. It's like, you know, saga. Anyway, had we had a pair and share, I can't read, uh, physically read and run at the same time, but pair and share would have gotten me to read Seven Trees much faster. But, and you're exactly right. Like on the one hand, you're sort of killing many birds with one stone because you're, you're getting the exercise, you're listening to a podcast, and then you're also kind of doing what somebody, a homework assignment that someone's given you, which as you point out, is probably something that you will enjoy. But there's just that weird thing. When people recommend something to me, I, I either like go out and do it like 45 minutes later, like I'm going to go out right. and get that book and start reading it because for whatever reason, it's just pushing a button that I want to push in my head. Or it really feels effortful. The whole thing with Mad Men. You've been telling me for years, yeah. this is my favorite show. I'm like, I put it on my 19 for 2019. <laughs> and I'm like, I still haven't watched it, even though I know I will love it. I watched the first two seasons and I loved Chef. it. It's just, it's sometimes it, there's just this, I don't know what it is. It's sort of a block. So this is a way to get around that because you don't have the yeah. option. You just, it's, this is what you're paired with. This is what you're sharing. And so it gets you over that that kind of decision fatigue of, oh, I should, but I don't want to, but I'll wait, but maybe tomorrow, but yo, Sarah bought it for me, but yeah. now I can't even find it in my in my house. So now, yeah. you know, I got to look for it. So parent, and of course we love naming anything. Yes. So parent share, <laughs> I love the name. And it That's rhymes. Great. I'm going to try this with Adam to see if we can like do this on, you know, commuting. Yes. Like, he listens to something, you know, that I want him to listen to, and I listen to something he wants me to listen to. Yeah. That's the thing is, it doesn't have to be this exact thing. It could be books. It could be, it could be a, like driving in the car. It's just, it's just this idea of kind of mutual assignments um, during the day. Well, anyway, let us know if you do try this at home and how you've adapted the parent-share approach to, to parent-share some activity and some kind of... Um, Delightful treat with someone else. Um, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or, as always, you can go to happiercast.com. This is 258, so it's happiercast.com slash 258 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have got a how to make chores easier happiness hack. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. 
And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Alyssa, this is a hack that explains how to use technology to make it easier to get tasks done. I love it. Yes, and it comes from Maggie. She says, I'm one of those people who learned about your podcast from the CBS This Morning segment. Oh, thank I you. Immediately <laughs> gravi- yeah. I immediately gravitated to a decluttering episode and wanted to share with you a hack that I found for getting chores done. I downloaded an app called Tiny Decisions, which has a customizable wheel that you can spin to give yourself tasks or anything. For instance, I set one up for myself with cleaning tasks, vacuum, mop, kitchen, kitchen counters, master bath, etc. So that's fun, Gretch, because it makes chores a game. Yeah. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, there's sort of that decision fatigue of what should I do? And and this is just sort of like, I'm just going to spin the wheel and see what happens. I think that it does kind of make it feel more like a game, more whimsical, more unpredictable. And yet it relieves you of having to set a schedule or force yourself to do something. It's just like, I'm just going to spin the wheel. I can imagine people doing that. Like if you were, you know, like a freelancer and you had do invoice, you know, like there's all kinds of little tasks and you're like, I'll just spin the wheel and I'll do whatever I get. And just makes it seem easier to handle those daily chores. Yeah. And great for kids too. Oh, it's great for kids. What a great idea. I didn't even think of that. And now it's time for an interview. We are so excited to be talking to Rachel Brayton, who's also known as Yoga Girl. She's a world-famous yoga instructor who teaches workshops and leads retreats all around the world. She wrote a New York Times bestselling book called Yoga Girl, and she has more than 2 million followers on Instagram. You can follow her at yoga underscore girl. She also has a popular podcast called Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart, and she has a new memoir, To Love and Let Go, a memoir of love, loss, and gratitude. We are so excited to be talking to her from Aruba. She lives in Aruba. 
Hello, Rachel. Hi. Hey. It's great to be talking to you from Aruba, the wonders of technology. You're in Aruba, and yet we're talking as if you were right across the table. I know. I know. I wish you guys were here. We could have a nice sunny beach day today. Yes. Me too. I always wish I were in Aruba. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Rachel, in your memoir, you talk about how you've had a lot of trauma and upheaval in your life. And how did yoga and meditation help you heal? It's really been my sort of my cornerstone uh, for, for me on my own journey to healing. Uh, not so much the, the physical aspect of yoga. Of course, it's been a really important piece to, to drop into my body and to feel strong and to move, but actually to have that dedicated space every single day, regardless of what's happening in my life, where it's just me. I think that's a, a, an important piece for anyone moving through anything heavy is that life moves on, like life continues, right? We have kids and mm. businesses and things we have to do. So to have that dedicated space to just, feel every day, even if it's for 10 minutes. It's been, uh, yeah, one of the most important pieces for me to heal. And with your book and your podcast and everything you put out into the world, does it make you feel vulnerable to share so much of your story and even photographs of you? Or do do you somehow feel like you gain strength from from sharing um, like the kind of experiences that you've had? I've actually, I've never really had a a vulnerable or a vulnerability hangover, Mm. (laughs) you know, that Um. Renee Brown talks about. Yeah, I think for everyone, it's so, so different. For me, it's been a really important part of it all that I that I don't feel like I have to hide something mm-hmm. like it's it's something shameful to be to be depressed or to be sad or to, to be going through a really horrible time in your life. But to share it continues to give me that recognition of, oh, other people also feel this way. Mm. So I'm comfortable sharing that kind of vulnerability and writing about it has been also a, a very sort of cathartic piece of the process somehow. But I don't tell everyone to just go out there and share mm-hmm. your deepest wounds with the whole world because it's so, so individual. Yeah. When you say you have that, you still even now have that voice in your head that questions like, is this good? Are people going to like it? So even even doing a lot of meditation and yoga, you, we can still have those voices <laughs> in our heads. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think it's 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 probably always going to be there. What helped me a lot was the moment I understood that even that negative voice in the back of my head, it's coming from a, from a good place. You know, it's trying to protect me. It's trying to keep me safe, trying to, you know, keep my heart from being broken again. That's why that voice is there. It's not this evil voice that I have to fight with all day. Oh, but that's, you know? a, mm-hmm. that's a great way to reframe it because I think people do have a, this very negative association with it. And you've been able to reframe it where like, this is trying to help me, but I need to kind of make sure that it is helping me. And it doesn't become a force for draining me or dragging me down. So that's a, that's a nice way to think about it. Yeah. And I mean, if we really get, get deep with it sort of right away, I think for each of us, that voice is cultivated from something in our lives, right? From some time in our childhood, there was something that we went through that cultivated that specific type of voice because it speaks differently for each of us. And at some point in my life, it was, um, for instance, I'm a super control freak. I like everything my way and that inner voice I have can get really obsessively controlling. And then I remind Mm. myself like, oh, there was a time in my life where I had to control everything. Mm -hmm. When I was little, I had to keep everything going. And if I didn't, things literally fell apart. So just that reminder of, oh, but that was then, you know, now I don't have to run the world anymore. I can relax. That's safe. 
but just to have that little bit of kindness even toward that inner judgment. Right. I think it's good. So Rachel, I know you took the four tendencies quiz and you learned that you're an obliger, right? Yes. Okay. And I I didn't like that word Uh. to begin with. So, yeah, I don't feel like an obliger, but then I learned more about it and then it makes total sense. Well, look, I mean, first of all, all, a lot of the best people in the world are obligers. Elizabeth is an obliger. Daenerys Targaryen is an obliger. Jon Snow is an obliger. Oprah is an (laughs) obliger. Tiger Woods is an obliger. Andre Agassi is an obliger. Tons of great, great, great obligers. But this is the thing where I thought that you were an obliger. There were aspects of your book where I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure what she is. I think she's an obliger. But I was listening to your episode of your podcast from October 18th, 2019, called Battling Burnout, when you were talking about how 2018 was super exhausting and you were like, I need to dial this back. And then 2019 was even more intense. And all of a sudden you felt like you just were sick and you couldn't get better and you were having all these kind of physical symptoms, right? Am I... Yeah. Okay. I'm character. Yeah. Okay. So what? When I heard that, I'm like, I think that you're an obliger, having obliger rebellion, which was, which is a phenomenon where obligers kind of meet, meet, meet expectations, and then expectations become so heavy or so unmanageable, or you, they feel so exploited or so taken advantage of, or like things are just so burdensome they can't be met. And then the obliger rebels and is like, this I will not do. Sometimes obligers will be like, I won't do this. I won't answer your emails. I will get a divorce. I will not be your friend anymore. I will quit this job and go work for a competitor. But some obligers, it turns to the self. And it turns to themselves. And sometimes, and I wonder if this is what happened to you, the obliger's own body is like, you know what? This is too much. We cannot handle this anymore. And if you're not going to shut this down, I will. And your back is going to go out or you're going to have incredibly bad stomach cramps for no reason that anybody can understand. Or you're going to have a crippling headache or you're just going to get sick and you can't get well because your body is like, I'm going to get you back into bed whatever it takes. And the body just sort of takes over. And to me, it almost sounded like that's what you were experiencing. Like it was just so much and no one was hearing the message. You weren't hearing the message that you were saying and other people sort of weren't kind of holding you accountable for, for give, getting those breaks. And so it was almost like your body was just like, okay, well, we're going to handle this now. Do you, does that ring true to you? Oh my God. Uh, totally. A hundred percent. Really. And then, and I've kind of, I've been like that my whole life. Sort ah. of I, I pile things on and then I have this idea, mm. you know, that the work that I do being very centered around heart healing and yes. trauma healing. And, yes. you know, I have this idea that this is so important. Yes. Right. So how can mm. I possibly say no to doing this, this retreat or this training? And then I pile it on and then I can look at my schedule and it's like, ooh. That looks a little tight, but that's future Rachel's problem. Like, yes. I'll figure that out. Then, mm. you know. And then a year later, I'm sitting in this year where I have a toddler. You know, I have yeah. a one and a half, mm. two-year-old who's totally crazy. I have no break mm. between my groups. I have no space. And I'm just so exhausted. And I'm wondering, who did this to me? Yes. I did mm. this. Yes. I scheduled this. I did this. And the thought to, to stop. It was so wild, you know, it was so out there. It didn't even occur to me to cancel something, to let someone else down. Absolutely not. So even last year, which was one of the hardest years of my life, literally, I didn't cancel a single commitment. You know, I completed that year. And then I did that rebellion thing, I think, because I'm going to have a year completely off where I just Uh, went, nope, I'm done. No more groups. None of this anymore. I need a year. That's good. <laughs> oh, yes. 
but I wish it wasn't so drastic. You know, I wish it could be a little more incremental. <laughs> yeah. Would have been healthier, I think. Do you think that you could, I know you have so many things going on. You're such an entrepreneur. You have a large team and it's probably like no one's, it's sort of like in everyone's interest to get as much of you as they can. Is there somebody who could be the person who would say, I'm the guardian of Rachel's energy. I'm the guardian of, of Rachel's downtime. And so it's my job to carve out those times. So it's not on you to figure that out, but it's someone else's job. Like you could talk about in advance, like kind of what you think you'll need. And then it's that person who is the one who says, Rachel can't do that. Rachel can't go here. Rachel can't accept that, that kind invitation because, and so you're, so it's not on you. So someone else is sort of holding you accountable for having that space and energy. Yeah. I, I try for it to be my, my husband. No, but he's but not, in, I also, you is know, he involved in your yeah. business? Yeah, we work together. Oh, he is. So yeah. we, we do all oh, of this together. Oh, but Rachel, but here's I, the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Romantic partners don't make good accountability partners. I know. They don't. I mean, that's not just true for you. That's just generally true. That That is not a job that they can do well because the thing about a, a romantic partner is they're so close to you. They're like you. So they don't serve as outer accountability the way somebody else would. No, exactly. And then, you know, I, I decided for this year off, which is very... And it's not a year off. It's just, you know, I have a regular full-time job. And then on top of that, I do these these groups, right, where we have like 50 or 60 mm -hmm. people come to our yoga studio here and they spend a month or a week to deep dive, you know. So this, it's, it's just this overwhelming amount of space to hold. And then I decided for this year off. And then, of course, immediately life sort of went, are you sure? And then I got this exciting opportunity for something in June, and I'm like, that's so far away. That's half a year mm. away. I'll be so calm and happy and peaceful by then. So I said yes. And then my husband, Dennis, went, hey, 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 you know, you're supposed to have this year off. And mm. then we had a fight about it mm. instead of it being this clear. So you are right. Yeah, romantic <laughs> partners don't make, <laughs> are not good for accountability in that way. I need, I need someone else. I don't know who. Yeah, it'd have to be somebody who's sort of involved in all, if there was somebody who kind of had a good overview um, of everything that was going on. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's hard because uh, I, I like to work, you know, everything is, it's mm -hmm. all fun. It's all exciting. It's just, sometimes it's just the sheer volume of it. I but think. you know what you're reminding me of is a lot of people who I hear exactly the same kind of thing are doctors. They're like, I have so many patients. I have to be there for my patients. They need me so much. It's so demanding. But I, the kind of doctor that I want to be, I want to be totally available. I want to be emotionally available. I want to be available in my time to any of my patients that need me. And so I don't have time to, you know, and so a lot of times with these doctors, it's like, I don't have time to exercise myself or, you know, I don't, you know, I don't get enough sleep because I'm just, I'm there for my patients. From the outside, it's like, but you can't serve your patients if you're falling apart yourself. But then to mm -hmm. that doctor, they're like, oh, but I, how can I say no? And so it is, it is, it is a very hard balance to strike when you think of, oh, I want to do all these cool opportunities and I want to serve all these people. And yet at a certain point, it becomes unsustainable. It's, it's, it is hard to manage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not doing brain surgery, you know, over here in my in my yoga room. You know, we're not 
saving people's lives in that moment. So sometimes it's just good to have that little reality check of, okay. But, but it sounds like it's very emotionally draining. Like I've heard in your book and on your podcast, you talk about like how you really are trying to connect deeply. I mean, Elizabeth and I just mm-hmm. went on a live tour and to connect very briefly, but in a real way with one person after another, after another, that really takes a lot out of a person. And you were doing big events and meeting with a lot of people. And then like people come for a month and it's like a very intense thing. It's it's demanding in its own way, you know. Absolutely, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And then I think that's the challenge. I think is to uh, that's I guess one of my goals or what I'm aiming for is is the ability to to hold that and still feel energized, you know, at the end yes. of it, yes. to not feel drained after that kind of week. And I know some people who can. Yes. So I'm questioning my inner motivation a little bit. Well, you sometimes, know, why, why, sometimes teachers talk about that too. Like I have a, you know, I've got, you know, all these eighth graders who are each one I want to connect with and really understand and connect with and everything. But it is, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of personality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Rachel, I would love to know, because you talk in the book about you've ha- you've suffered a lot of losses. You've um, experienced a lot of grief in your life. Is there one piece of advice you have for someone out there listening who's going through um, a grieving process about sort of how to get to the other side, if there is another side? Yeah, it's such a such a good question. The, the most important thing, I think, really is 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 to talk about it. Mm. And it, I don't think it really matters so much in which forum or with whom we're, we're, we're sharing with or talking to. Uh, I mean, therapy works. It, it works. It really, really does. But whether we're talking to a family member or a friend or we go to a group or we're sharing with someone online, just to have that space, because sharing is processing. And for a lot of us, when we go through just overwhelming grief, we tend to shut down a little bit or we shut that grieving side of ourselves off so that we can continue to carry on our everyday responsibilities. So having some sort of outlet to talk about what happened, to talk about the person we're missing, to talk about the trauma, to keep that channel open while we carry on our day-to-day things, it keeps us on the path toward healing somehow. And we can merge mm-hmm. that in our, in our regular lives. But it's, it's a natural thing, I think, to totally shut down and to want to close off and to, you know, and I think the longer we wait, the harder it becomes mm, to yeah. sort of open it up again. So having that, that channel to share somehow is, is a really important piece. Now, the last thing we ask every guest is, do you have sort of a try this at home tip, just a concrete, manageable idea for things that listeners can do as part of their everyday life to be happier, healthier, more productive, or more creative? Yeah, this is a good a good connection because I would love to to share. Uh, I call it a sharing, actually. So mm. it's something that I do in all of my mm. all of my yoga classes, uh, trainings groups, and that I try to do every day as well. So a structured sharing that we can do at home means picking a topic, and it can be something as simple as how am I doing really, you know, or a topic like something I struggle with right now, or my New Year's resolution is some topic that we feel is relevant to our lives. And then we grab a phone or a timer. We put it on five minutes, finding a person you feel safe to talk to. So it could be a spouse or a friend or person from your yoga class or, you know, anyone you know. And then we practice the art of holding space for each other. So one person sits and is completely present with you without interrupting, without giving any advice, 
even if they know mm. how to make your life. <laughs> That's hard. Know, think. It's hard. We just silently listen. And then the other person gets, gets five solid minutes to just be listened to, to, to go a little bit deeper into that, knowing that we already have inside of ourselves where we actually don't need anybody's advice. It sounds so simple, but just that practice of, of listening to someone else actively in that way, and then the practice of getting to share what's really true in terms of how we feel. It can be very emotional. Sometimes we cry immediately, just having a minute of someone listening and, you know, being there for us. It's a really cool practice that I think is it's good for everyone to, to try, but it requires a bit of vulnerability and a bit of intimacy. So picking the right person to share with is important. My friend Michael Melcher talks about intuiting by extroverting, meaning that sometimes by talking to just talking something out with other people, you realize that you have a lot more ideas or solutions than you thought you did. And this sounds like sort of a version of that. I love this idea. Yeah. Yeah, but it's cool to have no one interrupting you. Yes. We, we never get that. Yes. We never get that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. It's so fun to talk to you. Thanks, thank Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. And Gretchen, this week we have listener answers. And yes. in, in episode 254, we asked for listener answers because we had a question from a listener who was making great progress with the resolution, very appropriate for our Walk 20 and 20 challenge. But she had run into a tough snag. She was in a good routine of walking her son to the bus stop and continuing on a daily walk herself. But some other mothers asked to join her, and now she wishes that she had that time back to herself. So we asked all of you for your suggestions on how she could get back to walking the way she wanted to walk. Um, and we got some great answers. Many pointed out that this is a good time of the year to deal with this because people are understanding of the idea of a New Year's resolution. So a lot of people suggested ways of presenting this of like, oh, I made this resolution that I'm going to do this. And so I, you know, and so therefore I can't join you in your walk. Now, Elizabeth, you had said that you thought this was kind of a white lie situation. And mm -hmm. people had various suggestions for what that white lie could be. They could say you've resolved to learn a language or you're taking an online course or you're listening to guided meditations, or you're listening to a podcast ep episode every day because you've resolved to be a lifelong learner. You want to get more reading done. So you're having, you know, you're listening to audiobooks. And, you know, the listener could just explain to these other women, my morning walk is the only time I have to do this. And so I'm, I'm going to have to excuse myself from the group walk so I can do these other things. And I would probably choose one of those white lies, but many listeners did urge our um, listener to be honest. Yes, many she people said, said yes. be honest. Don't carry yeah. the lie. Because they thought you don't want to have to, like, have your story check out. Like, you say, I'm learning Italian, and then, you know, they're like, well, how's your Italian? And then that leads to more lies. Right, right, right. And they were also making the point that it's just better to be honest if you can be honest. You can right. be honest in this context in a, in a kind and truthful way. For example, Sophie um, suggested using this language. She said, I've really enjoyed our social morning walks, but one of my 2020 resolutions is to set aside a half hour of quiet time each day to think and reflect. I've realized that my morning walk is the perfect time to do this, so I've decided to walk alone from now on. I hope you ladies continue to walk without me, though, and I'd love to join you occasionally on days I need more social interaction. 
Well, that does sound lovely. I mean, that sounds so gracious and so understandable. I don't think anybody would 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 feel annoyed or hurt by that. It's just like I just need some quiet time, and so and this is a good time for it. So, thank you, listeners, for all those great answers to that tricky neighborhood question. Coming up, I give myself a demerit related to getting organized or not getting organized. But first, this break. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Elizabeth, it's episode 258. It's an even number, and that means it's your turn for a demerit. Yes. Okay, Gretchen, I bet some of our listeners can relate to this. I had downtime over the holidays, and I had all the intentions in the world to get organized, i.e., declutter my office, which has reached a crazy level, you know, get the closet completely put back together in the right way, et cetera, et cetera, throw away old products, you know, all that stuff. And the only thing I managed to do in all of my downtime was to put away the Christmas decorations, which, by the way, is something, because knowing me, they could have been up through February. I'm just disappointed that I didn't get my organizing done. Well, I will say this is your sister. First of all, oh my gosh, I wish I would come over. Like, my mouth is watering <laughs> at the thought. I want to get into your office so badly. I would love to get into your closet. So I may just have to, like, schedule a reason to come to Los Angeles. <laughs> if you lived any closer at all, you know I would be there. Yeah. Oh, yes. And then also, you did a lot of work. 
It wasn't like you well, were that's lounging. True. I you was actually, working over Christmas. Yes, yeah. it, and, and for many people, it's like this is the this is the holiday season. You were working a lot. That's true. So maybe I needed those when I actually didn't have to work. I needed that time just to relax. Yeah. So yeah. maybe I'll give myself a pass. Yeah. And you need to have me over. <laughs> yes, that's what I really need. I need you to come to Los yes, Angeles. Yes, because I will love it. You problem. can sit on the couch yes. and drink coffee and watch me, <laughs> and I will, I will, I will happily um, reorganize your 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 many your many hampers. <laughs> Yes. You have so many hampers. Yes, I will. Oh my gosh! I know. Do I need more? <laughs> I was just thinking the problem in this closet is not enough hampers. <laughs> yeah, you are literally the only person that I know that has more than one hamper. I didn't know you a person could have more than one hamper. I thought it was like one per customer type oh item. My. Anyway, yes, you're thinking outside the box. All right. What is your gold star this week, Gretch? Okay. So I discovered this podcast. Let me explain. So there is a kind of a radio format called Second Date Update. And apparently many different radio stations use this format. And so the format is somebody emails in or calls into the station and says, I had a first date with somebody. They're they're refusing to go on a second date with me and I don't understand why. And so then the idea of of the little segment on the radio show is that then they call the person who's refusing to go out on the second date and find out what happens. And so there's a couple different versions of this. And the one that I've been listening to and Eliza and Eleanor have also listened to a bunch of them and really enjoyed, it's called Second Date Update from Brooke and Jubal in the Morning. It's Jubal, J-U-B-A-L. And uh, their show is on Seattle's number one hit music station, 92.5. But you can get it as a podcast and you just look it up, Second Date Update from Brooke and Jubal. And you've gotten me listening to this podcast, Gretch. It yes. is so entertaining. It's so compelling. So I will have to say this, though, in my, this is not for everyone. You may feel that people do not have good values. You may Mm -hmm. feel like people are not behaving in a kind and even rational way. (laughs) And so if, you know, we talked uh, last week's episode about mind reading, you will see much, much, much evidence of Mm. of mind reading here where people are trying Mm -hmm. to understand why people are doing something. You may not want to listen to this with your children nearby. Because sometimes yes. it strays into territory that you don't want your children to listen to. It's not always very respectful, but it, I, I mean, Alyssa, I don't know about you, but it is fascinating to me. Absolutely. People fascinating. think that they understand why people do what they do, and often they have not the slightest clue what <laughs> is going on in someone else's mind or why they're doing what they're doing. Like they were not even in the ballpark, they weren't even on the same continent to understand what was going on. It's fascinating to me. If you want one to start with, because there are a bunch, I would say start with one that's very atypical because it's not the person himself or herself calling in, asking for the second date. It's a mother calling in. It's the episode called Mom Blocker from December 6, 2019. I found it fascinating. What about you, Elizabeth? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I could have listened to that all day. Yeah. Yes. The mom asking, uh, well, I won't give it away, Gretch. Yeah. But. And these are very short episodes. So, you know, it's like if you're looking for, if you're looking for a podcast to listen to on your 20 for 20 walk, mm-hmm. this is one. It's less than 20 minutes. Anyway, so I just want to give a gold star to second date update from Brooke and Jubal in the morning. To give you a sense of the show, here's just a little clip from this episode. Brooke and Jubal's second date update. The person on the phone for a second date update today feels bad because they think they screwed up the date. Mm. It was a date that they weren't even on. 
What? Actually, a date that had nothing to do with them at all. But they think that they screwed it up, and they want us to help fix it. (laughs) Barbara is on the phone with us. Barbara thinks that she ruined her son's date. Oh, Oh, no. Hey, Barbara, how you doing? Oh, I've been better. How are you? I'm not too bad. So this is an interesting story. We got your email, and you feel like you ruined your son's date. Honestly, I don't think. I know. You know. Oh, And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Try the pair and share approach. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our guest, Rachel Brayton. You can listen to her podcast, Yoga Girl, and of course, read her memoir, To Love and Let Go. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And the resources for this week. Each week, I send out a free email with five things that are making me happier, plus links to the new podcast episode, blog posts, and other updates. You can join the free weekly newsletter at GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. And if you love the Four Tendencies framework and you would like to teach an in-person workshop, go to workshop.gretchenrubin.com to find out how you can get a license to become a Four Tendencies workshop facilitator. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. You know, ladies, I used to actually work with Jubal. Ah, he was the morning show producer kidding. on KBKS in Seattle, and clearly he's done well for himself because uh, now he's hosting the show himself. Oh, so when you worked with him, he was not on air. He was just a producer. Oh, how fun! Oh, Small wow. world. People growing. <laughs> <laughs> From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org/students. That's lls.org/students.